You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the 1500 ESPN Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. Minnesota Vikings. The NFL. Football. Yeah, football. Welcome to Purple Podcast. Matthew Collar uh, in for Mackie and Judd for the second straight week. I am the one that gets the chance to talk with former NFL quarterback and analyst Rich Gannon. Rich, how are you? I've been better. Still, still haven't gotten over the Viking season. That's just, uh, you know, it's, you go back and you look at you know all those plays and all those games, and you come back and say, well, if we could have done this better in week five, or could have finished off a team better. You know, it's just it's. I just did the Steelers game this past weekend, and they literally won the game with that Antonio Brown. And players, majority of players, sat on the field and watched from the big screen the finish of the game between the the Ravens and the Browns. That literally was just a, a few minutes behind our game to determine whether or not they were going to advance and win the division, and of course, advance to the postseason. So that's the NFL. That's what the NFL wants: the great football in Week 17, meaningful football in Week 17 is ultimately going to decide. Who continues on and who, unfortunately, goes back and cleans out their lockers? Rich, do you still feel any sort of connection to the teams that you played for? I do. I mean, I think you develop relationships. I mean, a lot of the, obviously a lot of the players and even coaches and staff and even ownership with you know with the Vikings when I was there is, is long gone. But you, know, you develop relationships with Mike Zimmer and players and coaches and assistant coaches. Kevin Stefanski, I've known him for a long time, so. Yeah, I mean, you feel their pain, and you know, Shelley's father played 13 years for the Vikings. I played six years for the Vikings, so you know, um, Shelley still gets up on Sunday mornings and puts on her purple and hmm. and cheers for the Vikings. I'll be doing a game in some other town, and she won't watch my game, but she'll watch the Vikings game. So, <laughs> you know, so we certainly, um, you know, it's it's not like if the Vikings lose and the Raiders lose over the weekend, I'm gonna I'm gonna you know go drown myself in, in, in sorrow, but. You know, I mean, it's important. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I wanted to see the Vikings go on. I, you know, I like Kirk Cousins. I like a lot of the players. And so it is uh, it is what it is. But, you know, what happens now is you look around the division. I mean, Detroit's making changes to their staff. They got rid of their coordinator. You look at the Green Bay Packers. They're kind of starting over. They're going to clean out their staff. You look at the Vikings. Who knows what type of changes Mike Zimmer may or may not make. So that's what happens in our, you know, eight head coaches that, on teams that are, you know, teams are starting over again with the head coaches. So, this is our. This is this is the nature of the NFL. Either you win, or we fire you and we move on. That's kind of <laughs> yeah. how. That's that's the reality of our game. So, what is the assessment in the Gannon household for what needs to happen to get the Vikings where they thought they were going to be this year, next year? You know, I think you could look at it a number of different ways. I mean, you could look at it and say, "There's, you know, we need to be need to be significant changes." Not not, not in terms of Coach Zimmer, but. You look at you know what what has to happen. My sense of it is is that look, 
this is a team that was close. All right, let's let's look at the three or four areas really on both sides of the ball, really in all three phases, quite frankly, the kicking game as well. But what are, what are three or four things that, that we did well? All right, let's let's try and build on that. Let's try to accentuate that moving forward. All right, what are the three or four things we did do particularly well offensively? Clearly, you, know, you look at the the, the, the instability with the running game and that you know that that whole the, the lack of development there and progression that's certainly something that needs to be looked at you look at making a coordinator change uh, in the middle of the season that's you know that's never a good thing and mm-hmm. it's, not, it's not easy on the staff it's not easy on the players so i mean i think you look at that and you say all right well you know what 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 are we going to go back and clean up next year how can we get better I think that's really the focus. And look, the, the Vikings aren't. This isn't a unique situation. It's just the Vikings. I mean, you know, everyone. If you the Patriots, if, you know, if the Saints, whoever wins the Super Bowl, they're going to do the same thing. They're going to look at our. So we won the Super Bowl, but what what are some things we did do well? What are things we did do well? And where are some areas we can, we can improve in 2019? Rich Gannon joining us here. Matthew Collar in for Mackey and Judd today. You mentioned knowing Kevin Stefanski. I've gotten to know him a little bit just covering the team, and he's an, an impressive guy and has a lot of experience here. His contract is up, so he's getting some interest from other teams. I'm not surprised by that, uh, but I think he should be toward the top of the list in terms of who the Vikings have as their offensive coordinator next year. What's your take on that, Rich? I think so. I mean, I think, it, you know, look, it, it, he was he was thrust into a very difficult position. I think he responded uh, really well and did a, did a nice job. Uh, I would say that, you know, when he had a chance to, to go back in the offseason and, and to clean up things and to put his own spin on it and to, you know, meet with the staff and the players. And, you know, I think, I think you could see, yeah, I think you could see some, some improvement for next year. But, um, the thing I like about Kevin is is how how he's gotten to this position. Mm-hmm. He just didn't come in. He, he's kind of worked his way up through uh, through the system. I, he he was a quality control coach. He's worked a number of different areas. Uh, he's coached the receivers. He's coached running backs. He's coached quarterbacks. So I think he you know he he knows how to put together a game plan. He knows how to work on the protection scheme. He knows how to put together you know uh, a running game plan with the offensive line coach and those type of things. So, um, I obviously I'm biased. I I, I, I like him. Uh, I, I I like him more more as a person because I know that the quality of character that he is, I mean his, his integrity and the, he's a decent, he's a really decent guy, family guy. So I mean that's important. You know we don't probably talk enough about that in terms of. But you want you know you want you want people in your organization that are people of great character and integrity and professionalism attention to detail and I think I think Kevin is is one of those guys as a quarterback what is the top thing that you want for an offensive coordinator because I've got to imagine that Kirk Cousins has a, a say in this and if he doesn't then I would be confused because he's under contract he's going to be the quarterback going forward so I think he would be involved in that decision as a quarterback what do you want from that guy okay so a couple things first and foremost I want stability so if you think the grass is greener, you, you you better be careful what you ask for. If all of a sudden they bring in somebody else who's got a completely different thought process, a completely different system of football, a complete, completely new learning for me, that's not an ideal situation. Someone who doesn't know our culture, doesn't know our system of football, doesn't know our personnel, that, that to me does not make any sense. So that, that, that would be my first thought. In terms of what I'm looking for, I want a couple things. I want communication. I want honesty. I want a coach who could be upfront and honest with me. I don't don't tell me the things I'm doing well. 
coach when the things I'm not doing well. I also want to know that I have a, I have a coach who's going to put in a, 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 who's going to put in the, the time and the effort, put together a great concept and a great plan each week. Someone who's not who's willing to make adjustments, who's willing to add different concepts that we see around the National Football League. Um, someone who understands my strengths and my weaknesses, uh, and someone who's you know someone who's who's got some confidence and uh, who's got an aggressive mentality. Somebody who's willing to you know give me the ball in a critical situation, let me go make a play. That there's a lot that you're looking for, but I think those are some of the things that you that you want in a a, a play caller. And uh, I think the communication is critical, though. I've been around some that aren't interested in your opinions, your mm-hmm. thoughts. You know, and I've been around others who are great that way. Tom Moore was one of them. Um, John Gruden was one of them. If you said something like, hey, I'm not real sure about this, or I don't feel as good about this on Friday, that now we practice it a couple of days, hey, just take a red pen and let's take it right out of the game plan. And that's, that's important. You know what I mean? Not every coordinator is that way. Yeah, you know, and that's uh, one of the things with Kevin Stefanski and why I think it makes a lot of sense for him to stay on as the offensive coordinator is that it appeared that he and Kirk Cousins formed that type of relationship as it went along. And Mike Zimmer insinuated to us at one point that uh, Cousins would have a lot more say uh, and, and better communication with Stefanski. And, and it seems like that would be one of the things at the very top of the list would be that those two got along really well. Absolutely. And the other thing I left out, which is really important, is the ego part. You know, uh, Kevin is not a guy with a huge ego. He, he doesn't care who gets the credit. He, he doesn't really, doesn't really matter to him. Um, you know, he's, he can take constructive feedback and criticism. I've been around some of these guys that their egos are just so big. It's just, they're hard to manage. Uh, and it can be a real issue for players because, the minute something goes wrong and the minute adversity hits, and it will at some point, I don't care who you are, very few teams go 16-0 and in the regular season. So when adversity hits, is the coach going to be able to stand up in front of the team, in front of uh, the media, and accept responsibility? Is he going to say, hey, look, I, I've got to do a better job, or is he one of those guys, well, they, these guys got to do a better job, the offensive line's got to do a better job, quarterback's got to do a better job, football, you know what I mean? At, at some point, you want a coach who's going to have your back and who's doesn't have any ego, but who understands we're in this thing together, and that to me is just as important. I don't know, Rich. I don't recall any examples of ego in football. I think. Um... Oh no, especially not, especially not at that position. <laughs> You're right no. about that. You are well, certainly right about that. Not, not, to, not to drop names. We had a coordinator one year, Jack Burns. Denny Green hired him his first year in 1992, and it was my really my first year start for the Vikings. And he did more damage to me and to my confidence and my psyche. And that was the year we went. We were like eight and three. I think he sat me down and put Sean Salisbury in for a week or two, and then threw me back in against the Forty Niners. And then started Salisbury in a playoff game to, at home playoff game to the Redskins, and we absolutely, you know, we, we just we, we we wet our pants. It was terrible. So, I mean, and I was traded the following summer. So. You know, and that guy was fired. Uh, I think three weeks into the following camp, the following season, once once Jim Jim McMahon came to town, and McMahon thought this guy was a fraud. So, you know, I've been around guys like that, and um, he, he just had a huge ego. And I remember going to him one week and saying, "Hey, look, I don't know that you know we ran that play three times in practice. I just I don't feel comfortable with the footwork." And he said, "No, no, 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 it's a great play, and we're going to run it." You know, just that that, that that's about the most 
asinine and insane thing you could possibly do. If you've got a quarterback that's coming to you saying, I'm not comfortable with something, you're going to jam it down his throat, that is, uh, that is a recipe for disaster. And I wonder about those same sorts of things with the uh, read-between-the-line comments made uh, about John Filippo after he was let go. And, and he is a really smart football guy, and it, it may ultimately turn out that he has a great long career, but it seemed like with him and Kirk Cousins that something wasn't there, that they weren't on the same page with things. And you wondered, you know, in the past, Cousins is great with play action, but they're not running a lot of play action. He's not as good out of the shotgun because he stays in one spot in the pocket, but He's in the shotgun all the time. And little little things like that throughout the year, I, I think, impacted him. Well, when you're not running it, it's hard to, for the play action to be very effective or for mm-hmm. a defense to take you seriously. And I would say that you know, when you have a head coach who goes up to the podium and saying, hey, we've got to run the football better, and then a week later he says, hey, we've got to run the football more, <laughs> and then a week later he says, hey, we've we got we that more of a commitment to running the football. I mean, honestly, if you're not hearing that and that's not that that information's not being relayed to you, and I'm certain that Mike Zimmer had that conversation with him, you have to go back into the staff meeting and say, "But we're not, we're not just going to run it because Coach tells us to run it." There's a method to his madness too. Now he, right. the defense is playing really well. You know, time possession is important. Uh, we're struggling on third down. We're putting ourselves behind the down and distance, I and mean, we're doing a lot of things that we're not really. And not only that, but Mike's looking down the road and saying, "Hey, what, what kind of team we're going to be when the weather starts to change?" And, Hey, we're going to go play Chicago twice, and you know I don't want my quarterback. You know we've got some issues in terms of pass protection. I want my quarterback dropping back there against that crew. You know what I mean? And so at some point you say, you know we got to be able to run the football, and it's not just we have to be able to have a commitment to running the football. What does that mean? Well, it means that we're going to we're going to look at this, and we're going to we may cut out a passing period on Wednesday and Thursday, and we might have an extra you know inside run period. We may have an extra nine on seven period. We may do some things differently because. We've got to make a commitment to running the football. Hey, we may get, we may have a series. Where we run the ball three times, we punt. But we're, we're not going to, we're not just going to have a negative run and all of a sudden toss out the runs and not run the rest of the day. I think that just gets back to the mentality of the play caller, and that mentality, of the play caller, I think is is reflective and reflected back to the to the the, the men in that room, that offensive meeting room, that says, "Hey, look, we're, we're going to. This is a this has been a point of emphasis for a couple weeks now. We got to be able to run the football. We're just not going to win." And that's that to me. I don't know if those conversations ever took place in that offensive meeting room. Well, and and when you have Delvin Cook uh, giving him the football is probably yeah, a pretty good idea, runners. right? Yeah, yeah you got gotcha. Yeah, and then not only that, but see, here's what I always say, and this is the one thing a lot of coordinators miss, and I learned this a long time ago. In a critical situation, in a game, you cannot think about plays. You have to think about players. Mm-hmm. In other words, if I've got Marcus Allen behind me. And I got Jerry Rice to my right, and I've got Tim Brown to my left. You know, I may I may have this great concept, but at the end of the day, get the ball to Marcus Allen. Yeah, get the ball to Jerry Rice. He's going to make a play for you. He's going to make something special happen. And that's what they have to understand. In a critical situation, you've got to think about players more than plays. Like I, I've got to think. You've got this great running back. Let's get him. Let's get him rolling. Let's get him laddered up. Let's get him fifteen or twenty touches. You know what I mean? Hey, if Steven's on a roll right now, let's get let's get him some touches early in the game. Let's get him going. But but don't get so consumed with these concepts and this design and all the things you put in during the week and forget about the core principles of, of offensive football. Get your best players the football and let them make plays. Yeah, I, I think you perfectly hit the nail on the head for a lot of the issues that they had this year. Uh, Rich, let me ask you just one more thing. And always gracious with your time with us here. Just this weekend, it 
is an awesome schedule. I mean, one of my favorite weekends of the year where they're playing all day Saturday, all day Sunday. Any one of these games stick way out to you, the one that you can't miss? Not really. I think they all have a, a unique storyline, and there's so many personalities. And, you know, I, I, I mean, I just think it's a culmination for so many teams that, you know, I think Seattle's a great example. I mean, this is supposed to be a rebuilding year for the, for the mm-hmm. Seahawks. I mean, yeah. think about that and what they've done. And, and, and give Brian Schottenheimer some credit. You know, Brian Schottenheimer goes in there as the offensive coordinator, and they they made a commitment to run the football. They're, they said, look, our offensive line's going to be great. The quarterback is getting hit way too much. We're going to run the football. And think about how that's helped them, as to how that's energized that team. And it's really got them in the, it's really got them in the position where they, they're in the, in the playoffs in a year where a lot of people felt like they were going to be, you know, six and 10, seven, nine team that was going to be in the rebuilding mode. And that goes, that gets back to really good coaching. Pete Carroll, uh, obviously Brian Schottenheimer and everyone buying in in terms of this is how we're going to get this thing done. And that, that to me is a great story. Yeah, no, you're right. And and I can't wait to see uh, the Chargers in Baltimore either. I mean, can this Lamar Jackson thing keep, you know, right? Yeah. I mean, it's going to be great. Yeah, so. you know, Eric Weddle, the whole, all, you know, going back, you know, him obviously playing in in, in, uh, in San Diego, now they're in Los Angeles. But, I mean, Lamar Jackson, I think, with these 6-1 as a starter. I mean, you know, and John Harbaugh, they're going to fire him. The, the, the owner last year at this time said, well, I was considering firing the, 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 the head coach. Well, now they're trying to beg him to stay and make him and give him an extension. Why? Because you know he's a good football coach, but he made a decision to start this to get this rookie in there when Flacco got hurt to really change the entire offense. And now this team's on a roll. And and look, you know they've got they've got you know the, the, the young quarterback, they've got a rookie running back, and they've got a great defense. And they're going to pound the football at you. And attack you defensively, and keep and you know, and keep the scoring down. It's going to be that'll be a good one as well. Yeah, it's going to be a great weekend of football, Rich. Enjoy it. I appreciate all your time and the uh, the, the, the great insight. Thanks, man. Thanks.